Welcome to the Uncensored Society Podcast, where guests share their insights, experiences, and tactics to help you accelerate your business. So building, scaling, and monetizing your business is made easier. And now, your host, Kay Suthar. Hi, guys, and welcome to Uncensored Society Podcast. I have an amazing guest for us today, and she's going to be talking about a topic that a lot of people have been discussing very recently, so you guys need to stay tuned. Now, before she comes on, I've got to tell you a little bit about her. She's absolutely amazing. Now, her name is Patty Mara. In her coaching and in her business, Patty is always looking for the shifting point, the piece of the puzzle that opens up a new level of results. Patty has spent over 20 years helping companies and individuals take a fresh look at the way they operate. This unique insight helps them reach their full potential, enhances customer experiences, and dramatically increases their growth customer retention and profit but that's not all she's also an author she has written a book called up solutions turning your team into heroes and your customers into raving fans she's a creator of up solutions team success training and a business accelerator blueprint please welcome patty mara business coach and author of up solutions oh my goodness patty i am so excited to have you here today oh i'm excited too Kay. i think we're going to have a very interesting discussion yes for sure now before we get into the nitty-gritty i would love for you to tell our audience today a little bit about yourself and your background and how you actually um went from you know, nothing to building this amazing business and building results for other people and businesses. Perfect. Well, hey, I guess it depends on how far you want me to go back. I I would say um, I had a I had a part time uh, job working in a small bookstore in a in a like a chain bookstore chain in a mall when I was going through university. And I would say I had a really good manager and she taught us customer experience before there was even, you know, customer experience. You know, if somebody came in the bookstore, we stopped what we we're doing. Can we help you? Are you looking for something? Took them to the section, put the book in their hand or saw if we could, you know, recommend something or order it in things. We weren't even supposed to order books in special order, but we did all the time. Oh, wow. And um, the, that little bookstore, this is, this is the late eighties. The little bookstore was targeted, budgeted to do 500,000 gross revenue that year. And we did just over a million. Wow. So not only was it, not only was it very successful, but it was also fun to work there. It was a very dynamic team. We were all engaged. Um, The shifts went by fast. We had very little turnover and most of the team were students. So that really, that almost, that was like my foundation and from there, I just, I almost fell into doing customer service training. It did, almost didn't matter what I was doing. I was very quickly pulled into doing customer service training and retail training. And that evolved into customer experience. So, um, uh, and, you, you know, and that, it, it just kind of, my, my, my degree is actually in biology and economics. So, <laughs> You completely know, it's just different. Completely different. Completely different. And um, 
And then in 1997, I came across a company called Strategic Coach, and that put the finishing pieces together for taking what I knew to building a team and applying it uh, in a larger market. Right. Okay. I see. Now, I mean, we're going to be talking that that is amazing. Like it went from a bookstore, right? Something really kind of small, right? That set the foundations for you to then build in this amazing business that you have today. Right. And it's all, it's all part of the journey and actually building and learning on the skills that you need to be who you are, you know, are meant to be. So that's amazing. Now we, we will be talking about hiring. Hiring is a hot topic right now. And I feel that so many people struggle. So tell me a little bit about how maybe your first hire went and how you went about that. Mm, Well, and um, Kay, it's interesting, you know, everyone's talking about remote work and and virtual team. My team has been virtual since 2007. Okay. And that wasn't really known of in 2000. So it was very rare. So that must have been super duper difficult, right? Well, I think, you know, I think I I would say I I fell into it, but it's like the universe aligned for me. Mm-hmm. So um, when I needed to hire a right-hand person, um, I, I don't really like the word assistant because they do so much more. They're really right-hand person. When it was time to hire a right-hand person, um, I a company that I had done remote work with. And so a team member that I had worked with both in person when I had traveled to their offices and then remotely, um, she was moving and the company couldn't keep her on remotely. They weren't set up to use her remotely. So it was somebody I already had a relationship with. And, uh, you know, there weren't the collaborative tools we have now. Now it's so easy. We have Zoom. We can share desktops. We can work together on a document at the same time. We can, you know, there's project management tools. We didn't have any of that. It was by phone um, or by webinar, but we didn't really use webinars um, to work collectively. We used them to deliver, but not work collaboratively. So, uh, but it worked. Do you know what I'm saying? And the other thing that that opened up is very quickly when I started my first I launched my first online program in 2007. It was called The Profit Generator, Turning Your Customer Experience into Profit. Mm -hmm. And my entire team, I mean, I I had tapped into some Filipino talent. Um, I had a video editor and an audio editor. Um, uh, I, you know, I hired somebody else to to develop the website. Um, And so most of these people I never met, and yet we all worked well together. Nice. Okay. So what was it like then? Uh, or actually, let's first of all say, how did you find these people? Was it just within your network and just asking other people that this is what you're looking for? Do you know anyone? Yes. It's, well, it's certainly easier now. Right. right? It's, it's certainly easier now. I mean, you can post on LinkedIn. You can post, depending on the job, post on LinkedIn, post on Facebook. You know, this is what I'm looking for. And you get, there's Indeed. Um okay. There, like, there's so many different ways now to tap into a global market. Um, in 2007, it was really word of mouth. I think mm. it was my hosting, you know, in 2007, when I launched my program, I had to create my own membership site. There were no, you know, 
apps that you could <laughs> plug in. And I think it was my, um, I, I, I had two, two things. I, I had uh, my hosting company recommended someone and I interviewed a bunch of, you know, here's the thing. The secret to hiring virtually is you do the same thing as hiring in office. Okay. And that's the secret. I always, you know, interview at least three people. Right. And, and cause you know, it's kind of like, especially when it's, I'm hiring for talent. Let's say I want to hire someone to um, redo my website and that's not my talent. Yeah. I want to interview knowing what I know, I'm going to create the interview questions and what's the outcome that I want. And then I'm going to interview at least three people because the interview process I find helps me define the, who I'm looking for to hire and find the right person. You know, whether you find the right person in that three or not, you start to get clarity and then you refine where are you looking, what are you looking for, what are you targeting for. I've also hired a lot. It used to be um, Elance. You know, Elance and Odesk became Upwork. So right. I've used I've used Upwork a lot. And the same thing. I want to interview at least three people. I want to see, you know, what it is they've done in the past, who's chosen to work with them more than once. Okay, I see. So it sounds pretty simple, Patty. Right? Is it as simple as it sounds? Um, I think we complicate it because we're used to seeing people in person. I think, you know what, it really is, I believe, Kate, it is as simple as it sounds. However, I would say it's simple because I've done it. Right. My first, you know, right-hand person that I hired that I knew, so there was a comfort level, I knew who she was. She actually trained me to work with her. And here's, I will say, here's a really important tip to work remotely is you have a once a week meeting. Right. So at least what, whether it's Zoom or whatever Google Workspace or whatever, you know, Google Meet, whatever it is, whatever you want to do, at least once a week, um, you need to be connected. Whether it's a once a week update, you know, you get an email update on what they're working on, what progress did they make, any challenges they've got. There has to be a connection once a week because that's how you really develop a relationship. Right. It's the same in the, you know, if you're working in office, you kind of bump into each other. Maybe you talk to each other, but even in office, you need to have at least a once a week meeting. So everyone's on the same page. It's not a scattershot. Right. 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 So that for me, um, because my, my first assistant, my first right-hand person, you know, every week we would talk about what are the projects, what am I working on, what is she working on? And then she would say, you know, Patty, I could do that for you. Ah. So she trained me for what could I delegate. Interesting. Okay. So when you're hiring someone for someone for a particular role, of course, as human beings, we have many skills. And so you could be hiring them for one thing, but they probably know several other things that they can also take off your plate, right? Amazing. That's exactly right. I want to take a couple of steps back though, Patty, right? Because what I've been hearing recently is a lot of business owners saying, oh my goodness, you know, I have gone through 
four, five different people for this particular role. They can't do it. They're no good. They're this, that, the other. There's that one complaint after another, and they're wasting so much time and energy doing these interviews and talking to people and still not finding the right person. How do you combat that? Okay, so I may be unpopular in my response. <laughs> um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer that two ways, Kate. Okay. First is every experience you should do a review. What worked, what didn't work, knowing what you know now, how would you do it? Right? So, mm -hmm. you, you know, this is something I, I work with businesses. Your customers don't even know the questions to ask to make an effective buying decision. Right? So that's part of for businesses positioning the value they offer. I think it's the same working internally with your team. You may not know exactly what, because if it's not, you're hiring for something that's not your talent, you mm -hmm. may not know. So every experience, you probably won't get it right the first time. What worked? What didn't work? What did you learn? How are you applying it to the next process? So that's the one piece. The second is, if you're having the same experience over and over again, you have to turn the mirror around and look at who's doing the, what's the commonality? Oh, okay. All right. right? Probably going to be a sore point for many business owners. And you know what? In fact, I'm glad you mentioned this. I'm really glad you mentioned this. Reason why is someone that I follow and look up to um, is Gary Vee, right? Yes. Yes. And very recently, I actually saw a post where someone asked him the question that, you know, none of my workers are doing their job. They're not doing it right. They don't like, they're not doing it the way I like it and all of this. Um, like, whose fault is it? And he says, 100% your fault, right? And the reason being is because he said, it's your business. You are going to care about it more than anyone else. So you're setting too much of a high expectations on your employees. And what you really need to do is get down to the nitty gritty and find out what's going on with them and build that connection. Yes, I think so. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, take off on that because I think that's important. You listen, as the owner, it's 100% you. But I think it's also the opportunity as well as the challenge. Because mm -hmm. as we grow, our business will only ever reflect the level of leadership we're currently exhibiting. Right. Yeah. So when we have challenges with our team, there's an opportunity for us to learn and grow. And as we grow, our business grows. So, yes. Mm -hmm. Right? That's a reflection back. Now, a couple of things about you said with Gary Vee. So if the entrepreneur is complaining that the team aren't doing it to their standards and they're not doing it the way they want them to do it. I see two things wrong with that. The first is for opportunities for growth. Right. Um, the, the first thing is, have they communicated the standards? Mm. The vast majority of teams, the companies that I work with, they may have great teams and the owners are committed to their teams and their business through their teams. Right. Um, and they haven't created the basic infrastructure to set the team up for success, including what are the outcomes you're expecting, not just the tasks that you've delegated. So that's the first piece. The, um, the second piece of that is when you hire people, you don't hire robots. You're hiring talent. If your expectations is only that they're going to do it the way you want them to do it, you're limiting your growth and outcome. You're oh, missing wow. their talent. You should be communicating yeah. the outcomes and let them do it the way they their talent applied. So they might not do it how you want it, but they will probably surpass 
what we would like to see as long as you have the right people in the right seats on in yes. your company. And if you don't, that shows up pretty quickly. Right, right. I like that. And um, and the, uh, the other thing I've been hearing a lot is business owners need to change their mindset and realize that they don't work for you, you work for them, right? Which is a huge shift. And I think that's where a lot of business owners go wrong because all of a sudden they probably get into the whole, I'm the boss, you do as I say, right? And so we need to remember that, no, if they need anything, they need training, if we need to have a conversation, communication, then you got you got to provide them with all of that. It's not going to work otherwise. And it does start with you. Everything, your business is a reflection of you. You want to shift your business. You want to, you have to allow yourself to learn and grow. And, and it takes courage. You know, I love, I only work with entrepreneurial businesses. Right. To, for two reasons. The entrepreneurs are on the court of life, right? Right. It takes courage because your business and your results are a reflection of you where you're holding back. Is you, I love what you said, mindset, Kate. Yeah. And it takes courage to look at what's not working, learn the lessons shift the mindset, shift the awareness, and then go into the unknown again. Because any entrepreneurial business, you're you're making it up. Yeah. Right? Right. Yes, it's yeah. true. Yeah. And also, I would lo- love to touch on the topic of, you know, a business owner that's been small and is now scaling up and realize they need to hire in order to level up. I find that fear kits kicks in. All of a sudden, they don't want to let go of this baby that they've built, right, and entrust it into someone else to do a particular task. And so they tend to micromanage, um, maybe, you know, just totally get into the fear. Are they doing it right? Are they doing it how I'm doing it? And so how do you get over that and tell yourself it's okay to let go? Um, I think you start with telling yourself it's okay to let go. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm back to courage, right? That's the Mm. first time you pay someone else to do something you've been doing, especially if it's your first hire. There is Mm -hmm. absolutely a leap of faith. However, it's not like, let's say you're bringing on some part-time and you're going to be paying them $20,000 or $30,000 a year. You're not paying them $20,000 or $30,000 up front. You pay them what they're working on. So it might be a couple, $1,000, you're committing to on a monthly basis. Um, and, and if they're not working out, you can redirect them. You can give them feedback. You can give them training. And if they're not the right hire, you can let them go. Take the lessons you learn into your next hire. So we actually have a huge amount of, I don't want to use the word control so much, input input into the outcome that you have but it does take that leap of faith that first hire and then of course as soon as you have one person who's really leveraging and supporting you you can't wait to hire the next person because it's so liberating (laughs) and you free yourself up to go do the things that you're really good at which is what generates results right yes definitely and so that leads me to the next question is to, okay, so you've hired that person. How do you then, I guess, learn to train 
them the right way and be able to communicate with them effectively? Yes. Yeah, great question. First of all, you always must be create an onboarding. Even if it's your first hire, create an onboarding process. And what that means is what, you know, over the first three months, what are you investing? And this is really important. You're investing in their success, which contributes to your success. So consider the time taken as an investment in outcomes. So you're investing and create a plan for that first three months. Um, How are you introducing them to the company? If you have team members, how are you introducing them to the team? How are you setting up expectations, outcomes? How are you giving them feedback? Uh, Because it takes your input at the beginning to get the freedom they're going to generate the outcome. Right. Yes. Okay. And so making sure that you do invest in that time to train them up, answer their questions and be there for them as a support system. Right. Okay. Brilliant. And so tell me this, Patty, what has been, and this might be cheeky. I've got to be a little bit cheeky here. What has been some of the failures or the pitfalls when you were first getting started in business that you faced and how did you deal with that? So let's see, probably my, um, my biggest pitfall failure is my talent is to create content and I'm not as good as getting out into the market. Uh So it's not, I've done marketing messages. I'm really good at creating content, but then taking it out into the marketplace, it's not my talent. Mm -hmm. So it's actually a very specific skill set. And I've, I've hired people to do it. And, you know, again, each time you hire and you go through, you see what worked, what didn't work. Mm -hmm. I've had, different levels of success. So in 2007, what created success for me was I was invited to speak at different conferences. So as a speaker from the stage, I then sold the program and it went very, very well. Nice. Shifting into social media, that's a that's a whole different, <laughs> and, and I've made some headway. I really don't think I've, I've you know, um, they cracked the nut yet. It's, it's in process. I've, I've just hired someone new who's, you know, taking all my content, putting them into snippets and building the whole uh, social media campaign. But um, I'd say the first, it's really recognizing what am I doing well? What's producing results and what's limiting my growth? Or what am I frustrated with? Or, um, uh, you know, what, you know, I did, I did take on a client that was a corporation once in my early consulting days, and it was just not a good fit. Because I'm a very um, purpose-driven engagement, um, you know, anyone I work with, the reason I work with entrepreneurial businesses is that um, anyone I work with, um, everyone in an entrepreneurial organization is connected to the end result. So they're all outcome-based, even if they work internally with a team, uh, internally in a company. So uh, you know, part of it was figuring out what my market is. Part of it was figuring out what my talent is, um, and then finding the right talent that supports. Okay, I love that. And so, I'm assuming, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, that in order to find the right person for a particular role, do you need to go through a few people before you find the right person? 
How can you find the right person in one go and save that time? Um, I, I, first of all, I think I think how to find the right person in one go is you need to do the work up front to be very clear about who you're looking for. Mm. You know what what are the tasks you want them to do? What do you think is the skill set required to do those tasks? And what's the outcome you want them to produce? Right. So I think the more clarity you have in what you're hiring for, the easier it is then to find who you're looking for, who you're not looking for. Yeah. And then I'd also say, um, uh, remove the expectation you're going to hire the first person because I think that puts too much pressure to make it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like, do your best, see how that works, and then um, uh, see if you're right fit or not. Okay. I like that. So, with anything that you do, really, as a business owner, you need to be very clear as to what you want, what you want it to look like, how it's going to all work, and what the end result is going to be. Mm. Unless you've got that clear in your mind, there's there isn't going to be anyone that's going to be a good fit until you've got very clear on that. Yes. Yeah, in fact, I, I was working with, um, again, my right-hand person assistant, and um, she quit. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. What happens then if they quit on you? Oh my yes, goodness. February of this year she quit. And I'm like, <gasps> you know, like all these things I count on her for that I just I wasn't even worrying about anymore. And so I went back through the process and started interviewing uh um people and I I I'm you know in, was introduced to this incredible woman who's you know, just taking, I didn't even realize what I could do more. She's like taking it to another level. And so if I look back on it, I'm really grateful for the person who quit. She wanted to go in a different direction, which is not what I was doing. She wanted to do more of the social media. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, I have somebody else who does social media. So, um, and, and um, when I look at the fit of the next person, it's like took it all to the next level. And, and the first person quitting was a gift. Oh, really? It's an absolute gift. There's more alignment with the person I'm working with now. Her name's Lisa. There's more alignment with Lisa. And it ended up being a perfect fit that I didn't even know was possible because I was happy with the woman I was working with. Right. Oh, my goodness. So sometimes it could be a blessing in disguise. How about that? I, You know what? Here's the thing. That's always my approach. What's the gift and the experience? In fact, when I have a really negative experience, like one that lands like, failed it didn't go the way I expected it's not the way I wanted to go I I'm immediate my first you know I, I always have the uh, moment but then it's like okay what's the gift what am I learning here what's the redefinement here what's the opportunity here and if it's a really big upset I really really big gift <laughs> <laughs> okay I like that approach definitely oh my goodness that's super cool now Patty what have you noticed with maybe some of your recent clients and the pitfalls that they fall into or some of the very common struggles that or challenges that people have? So I think there's a there's a lot going on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to touch on a couple different um, things. That's a great question, Kay. Um, so I think, first of all, we're dealing with change, right? Right. Uh, I'm a passionate advocate for independently owned businesses. I think they're the hub of the community. They're the hiring. They create value in the community. 
Um, and there's a lot of challenges right now. We've had global challenges for the last two years. That's just a, a massive interruption. And the opportunity yeah. in the core of that is to position for success. I've been calling it, this is the opportunity to future forward your business. Mm-hmm. We tend to, you know, we only change either because we're forced to change or we have a really powerful vision pulling us forward. Otherwise, why are we going to go through the pain of changing things up? Right. You know, I I work with a number of businesses that were, you know, okay in 2019. You know, they were operating. They were maybe they were being squeezed year after year. Maybe the profitability and challenge challenges were increasing, profitability just decreasing. But they, you know, they were still okay. So they weren't making massive changes. Um, And then, of course, you know, everything. It interrupts, we've crisis interrupts all patterns. So we've had some massive interruptions. And um, businesses, there are businesses that are absolutely thriving right now and they've had their best growth ever, but they're doing it because they've, they've really paid attention to who are their customers? What's important to them now? Because most customer behavior, whether you're a B2B or a B2C, your customers, clients' behavior has changed. Their wants, needs, and challenges change so if you're not you need to be tapping into that and what how do you create value for them how do you fill their need and it's probably evolved so those two pieces for me is the opportunity future forward your business and the um uh paying attention to who your customers and filling their needs that's yeah how you future forward and i'll just i'll say this because um I, I remember, I think we talked about this when we were doing our, you know, kind of setting up our, this interview. And I worked with a pharmacy. Behind the scenes. The behind the scenes. Yeah. I worked with a pharmacy owner in the States. And I think he was in his late 60s at the time. So this is probably uh, 10 years ago. And Walmart at the time in the, in the States had come out with a $4 prescription, generic formulary. Now, right. Walmart's business model, they're, they're misleading, right? They use the $4 formulary. Any medication that you can get for $4 um, is their loss leader because they want you to shop in their store for two hours while they fill prescriptions rather than the 10 to 20 minutes in an independent. And um, most people that are on maintenance medication, regular medication, are on more than one. And one or two will be on the formulary and the rest cost a lot more. So it's misleading, right? But it was also an opportunity in the marketplace, in the U.S. marketplace, to for pharmacy owners to really, and the teams to really communicate why choose them. Mm. Like, what's how do you create greater value for your customers, and why should they choose your, in this case, pharmacy? And um, this particular pharmacy owner, he knew the change was there. He was feeling the change in his in his business with his patients. And he chose to retire and sell his business. And, you know, excuse the way to say this, but this is what he said. He said, um, you know, Walmart, the chains are pouring the, the, the industry, you know, our profession. And I don't want to do this. Anymore. So for him, that change and challenge, he wasn't up to redefining and future forwarding. Yeah. You know, for him, they were damaging the, the profession. Right. And. And but other pharmacies used it to really launch, you know, how they're creating greater value, and it made a huge difference. And their business has exploded out of that. 
So there's always an opportunity, but it's a challenge, you know, getting underneath. How do you future forward? Right. And you know, it's something that I've always said is diversity is actually good for our business, right? Because it makes us think outside the box and get creative. And we need to do that because sometimes we get way too comfortable. And so, yeah, you always got to look at the opportunity. And you're absolutely right in everything that happens in everything that you do and see how you can be even better. Right. So I love that. I love that. Now, I know, Patty, at this point, people are going to be like, oh, my goodness, how do I get hold of her? So where can people go to connect with you? Um, Okay, the easiest spot is my website, uh, pattymara.com, P-A-T-T-I-M-A-R-A.com, because all the social media links are there. And we have a special link for your um, for your podcast. Yay! Yay! <laughs> so if you and this is a hidden link, so this is really you know for your audience, it's pattymara.com forward slash uncensored society. So if they go there, they go to a special podcast resource page. There's information on the where by the book. There's um, a tool you can download a tool that I created called the Touchpoint Scorecard. Powerful tool to identify the experience you're creating at different points of client contact for you and your team and a short video on how to use the tool. Oh, I love that. That sounds really interesting. Oh, my God, I'm going to go ahead and download that for sure. (laughs) Um, Patty, before we go, um, please tell us a little bit about this book because this sounds amazing. What you do is amazing. and I want people to know where they can go and get the book from and also what it all entails. Thank you, Kay. So as you said at the beginning, Up Solutions, turning your team into heroes and your customers into raving fans. Right. Um, you can buy it on pretty much any online retailer. Um, Amazon, of course, is the main one globally, but really any online retailer, okay. bookseller. Um, so the book was really written to empower independent businesses to understand that your business is not what you sell. Your business is the impact or value created in your marketplace. What you sell is just a vehicle for delivering value. So, you know, like a, a mechanic's garage, it's, they're not real. I mean, yes, the vehicle is they're fixing cars, um, but the value is, you know, keeping us transportation, taking the worry out of transportation, right. keeping my car on the road without my having to think about it or worry about it. I yeah. want you to be proactively, I don't want you just to be filling, changing the oil. So, um, uh, so it's, it's the mindsets. I love the, you use the word mindset. It's the, what are the key mindsets, shifts to future forward your business? Mm-hmm. And then the absolution recipe is a very simple four-step recipe to uh, four steps to really ha- have your team be focused on creating value for your customers. And then the rest of the book is really the, the structure to set your team up to win. Oh, no. So we talked about, it's really important, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's, you know, even if you have one team member, are they set up to win? For businesses that your team are the front face of your business, they have to understand the difference between tasks and results um, and engagement, creating experience, not just, you know, tasks. I, I think I'll finish it off with there are new business rules. There is a, a very definite shift focused from sales to solutions and a shift from transactions to relationships. 
Oh, I like that. I like that. Oh my God. That is really, really interesting. Guys, you need to go ahead and buy Patty's book. It has an awful lot of information on there that is totally current and we need to know how to do this and implement it in our business so we can all scale up. Go ahead, connect with Patty, buy her book, and I'm sure she's going to be able to take your business to the next level. And remember, guys, all the links that have been mentioned already will be in the show notes. So don't forget to scroll down if you missed anything. Patty, it was amazing to have you here on this show. Thank you for coming on. So many golden nuggets. Thank you. Thank you, Kate. What a, what a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Uncensored Society podcast at www.uncensoredsocietypodcast.com. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you can get this and every other episode that's coming out. We have lots of great stuff coming, so make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss it. And thank you in advance for all the reviews and comments. I appreciate it so much and I look forward to serving you in next week's episode.